Greetings, students, and welcome to another fun-filled day here at Horror in the Halls. <laughs> What's up, guys, and welcome to Horror in the Halls. I'm Bob, a.k.a. Mr. Holland. And I'm Jenny, a.k.a. Mrs. Hill. And we're just two high school teachers talking about spooky things, our favorite stuff. Uh, in this week's lesson, we're going to be talking about the Poe-inspired John Cusack starring The Raven. Not to be you know, confused with the older Raven that's probably better. But, yeah. Oh so, Jenny, you picked this movie, so uh, go ahead. You lead us. You lead us. This is You made me watch this thing. So... I'm a, uh, like any true English teacher, I'm a hardcore Poe fan. So I, I enjoy all the spoopiness of it. But when this movie came out, I was stoked to go see it. I wasn't seen it in the theater. Like it was real good. Okay. But I, I chose it because for the simple fact that it just really pays homage to like a bunch of his short stories. Which I appreciate. Do you like all the um, Yeah, like Murders in the Rue Morgue, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Telltale Heart, The Raven, The Cask of Amontillado, The Mask of the Red Death, and then Annabelle So I'm like super excited about it. And I think I might have, there might have been one more in there, but I can't remember what the other one might have been. But I really enjoy this movie. I enjoy that it is kind of like a mystery slash thriller with a little bit of gore in there it's just great what are your thoughts well let's get to the i guess the details first just because you know that's like my my my, my portion you've got the book notes i'm gonna tell you who directed movies jeez um <laughs> james Matique, which is i was telling you before the podcast it's hilarious that we're recording this today on the 5th of november because he also directed v for vendetta you know remember remember the 5th of november um and I'm going to go back to that in a second before I can continue the details here. So it's written by Ben Livingston and Hannah Shakespeare, which is, I think, kind of funny. Um, cast, pretty decent. Um, I'm not entirely sure how all of them really fit in the film. Like, John Cusack, of course, he's playing, you know, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Uh, Luke Evans as a, ex Inspector Emmett Fields, which everyone loves the Luke Evans, so, I mean, I guess you really can't go wrong casting him. I mean, he's yeah, kind of the he's same a, character in everything. He's great. He's a beautiful he's person. He's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. He's kind of like uh, Jason Momoa. Everyone's like, Luke Evans is just pretty. Like, he is on. so pretty. <laughs> yeah, Alice Eve as Emily Hamilton. And then, of course, my favorite, I love Brendan Gleeson. He literally is the same character in everything, but I love him. As Captain James Hamilton. And there's a lot, some more people in there, but they're really kind of coming hit and, uh, hit and miss, other than... I can't say his last name. Sam Hazeldine. That's playing Ivan Reynolds. So he's like kind of the other big, um, I guess, character plot person. But yeah, that's the, the deets, y'all. So it's got a terrible score. It's a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. I thoroughly 22. disagree, but whatever. Letterboxd got it to 3.2. So it's kind of in the middle, I guess. Um <laughs> Yeah, man, to my thoughts, I really feel like the writers were, like, watching the first season of Castle and was like, how can we do this, but maybe not as well. <laughs> like, Aw, that's like, terrible. What's in the public, uh, what's in the public domain? Hmm. Edgar Allan Poe, sweet, yeah, and they were just watching Castle, like, we should write this, we should write this as a movie. Because that's, like, the whole premise of the show Castle is, like, there's murders that are taken from his books. Yeah. And that's how he gets involved with the NYPD. So I was like, and of course it came out before this. So I really feel like they stole the whole idea. Um, I think it's not a terrible film. It's a good film. It falls flat in some areas. It's a little tone deaf in others. I think it's a little kind of try hardy, I guess a little bit. And sadly, I really felt like Alice Eve's character was just there for no reason. Like just to be pretty. Which one was that? She's like the main girl. She's Emily, Emily. Hamilton. Yeah, like. Well, I mean, I they, they cast her she just serves so a purpose. They just want to serve a She just serves a purpose, okay? But yeah, it had to have some type of mystery. It's or, like flat. 
I don't know, it fell flat to me. Like, this whole thing is... I don't think... I have a lot of thoughts. So, I will start by saying, I, <laughs> I did not hate the movie. I didn't hate the movie. I really did. It sounds um, otherwise. Well, no, I know it does. I'm, I'm trying to find the, <laughs> <laughs> the best way to approach this. So, yeah, I didn't hate the movie. I didn't love the movie. I feel like it's a little... Um, like, I love John Cusack in older stuff, you know what I mean? But I'm not sure if he was ever going to be right for this role. He tried really hard there in the in the, the late aughts, like that area, to do like these more spooky, like with 1408 and films like that. And I was like, mm, you should probably stick to, you know, rom-com kind of stuff, John Cusack. You got to be that quirky kind of dude. Um, I mean, yeah. he's quirky in this. I mean, Edna yeah, like, is supposed to be quirky. But not like... Quirky drunk. And maybe it's just how, I guess, people's, um, it might just be like a mental perception of what her, or who, rather, Edgar Allan Poe was. You know what I mean? So maybe like, cause like you said, from, you know, teachers love, love Edgar Allan Poe. They love him. Like every year, you're, you're reading something, all of high school, that's from Edgar Allan Poe around Halloween time. They're just going to pick something. Uh, yeah, Cause, absolutely. Cause who else are you going to pick? Spooky and dreadful. Great. Yeah, I mean, between him and H.P. Lovecraft, the majority of horror is inspired by those two dudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, we had this idea. I'm like, I know you had this idea. It's from a poem. A po- po- yeah, didn't hurt. But anyway. Um, yeah, so yeah, I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. I felt like it was, like I said, a little, just a little tone deaf. Like, the, some of the interactions with the characters were good, but they seemed so rushed. Like, this weird, all of a sudden, like, Poe and... If Inspector Fields are best friends. What? Like I'm coming to stage house. This is weird. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. I did like Fields' character. I, I thought his his character was really well done. Um, the the relationship between the two might not have been well done, but his essentially his character was well done because he played the inspector role pretty well. I think, especially for like the time period. As a time period piece, you but, know. But did he, or did he just play Luke Evans really well, and that's why you like him? No. Because Luke Evans is a good. He's a good actor. I'm not discounting anything the man does. He really is. But yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of he like doesn't... range. <laughs> well, we haven't you seen know? him in a lot of stuff though, so you can't really say that. I mean, I've, I've It'd seen be like saying... everything he's been in. Yeah, but I know some some actors that have been in a lot more films, and they never play anybody but themselves just saying well like samuel jackson or like bill murray or like jack nicholson i'm just i know right i don't you're right but they're, they're <laughs> good at what they do i'm not saying he's bad at it they're like, good I'm at being, being themselves that's great yeah i mean you're great at being <laughs> yourself like i don't know like you know what i'm saying you got cast as this role and i'm not saying he's bad because i think i like almost everything he's in yeah really I'm just saying, I like I liked the as I like the aspect of the. It's like the way we go back to Sleepy Hollow. Like I just like the idea of an inspector, like trying to seek out like what's going on, but knowing like a little bit of the literary aspect because you read the paper where the, the you know where the stuff was printed. Like it's just kind of cool. I don't know. I know they stole it from. I'm us. a little biased because I I love I love the suspense. And the writing of Poe, so I'm like, ah, oh, I just love it. See, I think I really think you should watch the at least the first episode of Castle, and you'll be like, what the f? It's the same show because <laughs> she's she's the same character. She's like a New York an NYPD detective for homicide, yeah. but she's also secretly a fan of the books. So like, she had she knows what it she is. Knows what's going on? Yeah, she recognizes it because she's a fan. So it's like. So how many seasons yeah. are there? Because that—that's where. I, There's eight. You, you, oh God, that's a thing lot. Is that you, you don't, don't have to watch them it. all. Like it, it, every episode is self-encompassed. Like it's—it's it's not. There's not many that carry over. You'll have some okay. that come back later. Like you may have some killers that we see again at a later date. Okay. You know what I mean? But like each episode yeah. is like there's a murder. She doesn't catch the killer it. and it comes back as it revisits that person. Kind of yeah, like some people they're like, okay. which is more realistic than if she caught him every time, but. For the most part, they figure out who did it. It's 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 procedural, but it, so it's like so it's like bones. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay, because so, you don't really have concept. to keep track of all that because they don't have all the killer. They usually catch the killer in every episode, except for like yeah. a couple of them. Yeah, yeah there's okay. a couple where the dude gets away and when he comes back later. It's just, you know it's that same kind of premise. 
But again, it's a mystery writer whose murders are used in, you know, some actual murders, and he gets called into this crime scene. And I'm just like, mm. I watched this, and that's all I could think of. Because I love Castle. You know, I watched it when it came out originally, and now I'm watching it again with Aaron. So, and we're like in season four, I think. But the more I watched this movie, the more I was like, hmm, we got a weird, quirky writer. Okay, and a really serious police detective. Oh, man, yeah. the detective knows what's going on. So, <laughs> it was really... It, to me, felt like it was the same premise just with Edgar Allan Poe put in there. You know what I mean? Like, but so, it's so great. It, it was. Like I said, don't get me wrong. I, I don't I don't hate the movie. I, I just didn't think it was great. I don't think it had like a... I think our grades at the end of this one are going to be uh, vastly different. Oh, we're going we're gonna to duke it out at the end of this. Yeah, because if you go <laughs> any higher... Oh, man. We're talking about... I'm probably not going to uh, go as high as you think I am. <laughs> but I do I'm love not. this movie. Because here's the thing. I don't care if the movie is terrible to most. Sometimes I'll really like it just because of how fun it is. And I just think this movie is fun. Um, I like that it plays on a lot of the short stories and poems that I really love from Edgar Allan Poe. And I really liked the spin off on Reynolds at the end because there's that huge debate about the mysterious way that um, Poe died. And there's that that little bitty thing like at the end where it was like they always tell you that he was he was really out of his mind when they found him and he was spouting like nonsense and he kept saying the the name Reynolds and it was just like a big old like mystery behind it. And I like the fact that at the end of the movie it, it goes over that. And then they 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 find out like in their in this movie like who Reynolds is. I just think that's fun. Oh uh, yeah, I agree. I think that was a cool like that part is what I was gonna say. I do like that part. You took like a, well, a true mystery because we have a lot of theories of what happened, and more more likely it was probably from cooping. But like, um, no one really knows, which is cool. You know, it's one of those Poe was yeah. kind of especially in in the, like lit, literary circles. He's he's kind of a big deal, you know. Um, so to have that like to be who he was and the kind of stuff he wrote, and then have such a mysterious death. It does lend itself to, to movies like quite easily. So I think that was that part was cool. I just felt like the rest of it was very how many post stories can we get to one movie? Yeah, and when you back to Emily, like I understand I understand where you're coming from on that, but like at the same time, Emily was used to provide the mystery for the whole like the whole movie. Like she was the mystery. Like where was she? And they were, he was gradually leading Poe to her, but essentially wanted him to write more stories, which I thought was cool. Yeah, but that um, was just at the end. She wasn't for the whole story because it wasn't until like. But that was part of his plan, though. So that's what, why like the she third was there. Murder? Yeah. Like, and mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I wrote a little note here that I felt like it was just so they could use Annabelle Lee, which don't get me wrong, I love Annabelle Lee. It's my favorite thing Poe ever wrote. It's my favorite. One of my favorite really? Tiger Bellamy songs. I love it. I love it. I think it's, I just like it. It's one of my favorites. But, um, I can't say it's my favorite, but I do love it. I just like the context of it. I think it's one of those, like, I don't know. It's just really sad. Yeah, it's sad, but also, like, sweet. And it's, I don't know. It's like, you know, kind of like how The Raven is really about lost love and depression and stuff. But it's, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, it plays on a lot of grief and everything. Yeah. I was, I was whole life. Yeah, well, and, let me say that you're forgetting one of the most important characters in this, and that is Carl. <laughs> really? Yes, I love Carl. I don't know why I had to say it. Carl's. Oh, like why is there a raccoon, and why is his name Carl? But okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he was in there. Do you know why his name is Carl? No. I tell me. This because of Carl Marx. Shut up. I swear. Yeah. Oh, that's what? Po that's Poe's leanings. Yeah. 100%. Oh wow, that's that is hilarious. I had no idea. That's funny yeah. though. But uh, why would it be a raccoon? Why wasn't it a cat? Why wasn't it a black cat? No. The nail. I think we just think Poe should like black cats because of our ideas about All black right. cats. But if they were gonna really go hard, they should have used a cat. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> but the raccoon was a good touch. I thought it was hilarious. Anyways, 
I did too. I like especially when the house burns down. Oh, this is mine. Like we we know. <laughs> he said, "I can um, tell by the vo- his voice that it is mine." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "All right." Oh gosh. Um, and oh, I think Carl. I, I didn't do a lot of intense research into it, but at this time in his life, was he really just not known? Like, was he like a for real down and out? Yeah. Because um, here's the thing: most most gothic writers did not become famous until after their death. Okay. It's just, yeah, that makes sense. They, he was Artists, very right? penniless for a long time. Like he, that's why I think it was good that they played really hard on that because he was not like, he was known for his writing, but like after it was done and, and written and everybody read it, like he was popular for a minute and then it was, what's your next story? So, I mean, it would, it would essentially be like, cause it wasn't like a, a literary magazine like he wrote for the paper like that's where the that's where these stories were is for like the newspapers so it'd be like somebody like a journalist writing and like you don't really know their name unless they write this big story and then if you do just one story then you're forgotten so like he he just didn't become famous until well late like later after his after his death well, probably, I'm sure the way he died did not hurt. You know what I mean? Like, and he was a, a known, he was a known alcoholic who yeah. had a lot of issues with mental health because he he lost a lot of people that he really loved and cared about over his short period of time on this earth. So, like, and his his stories real like like Annabelle Lee. It really, you know, yeah, he was plays hard on that theme. He was only 40, which is wild. Yeah. This photo of him, it's so funny. Like this um, daguerreotype, or how do you say that word? I always say it wrong. It's from like the year he died. Like he looks so much older than 40. Like it's from like Yeah, because he was an, then that's why, because he was an alcoholic and he was so far gone at that point. That's what he looked like. He was just a withered person, which is sad. That's probably, if you really get down to it, the mystery behind his death probably isn't really a mystery. He probably died from alcohol abuse is really what it was. And he was just probably out of his mind at the end. Possible. Yeah. There's a lot I, of, just, a lot of weird like theories. Yes. Yeah, so you could look it up and it, it be, you could spend all day figure trying to figure out who Reynolds is. And which I really thought was cool. If you ever heard the history behind Reynolds and like how on the anniversary of Poe's, I think it's his death, where this person that was cloaked would come and like leave a bottle of cognac on his on his stone, but and he, they like couldn't figure out how this person was getting in, and like know. people would stay outside the gra- uh, the graveyard to kind of figure out who it was, and they could never see him, but like hmm. you could see him, but then he would be gone, and then all of a sudden like. I can't remember how many decades he did this, and then all of a sudden he was gone again. I thought it was really cool. Like that that little thing was really neat, but at the same time, I'm like, who was that? <laughs> this kind of leads to the mystique, right? Mm-hmm. That's a cool story too. Like, there's so much stuff that you can look up on this. That this is the history of his life, and the you know after his death is just really cool. It's it's a lot of mystery, and it's really sad, but it's just very interesting. Uh, Really well, I mean, Poe was an interesting person. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think it doesn't hurt or help. It doesn't hurt the, the stories he wrote and how influential they became. And I think a lot of things, like you kind of hit it. Like, if he wasn't known or famous, um, or even really appreciated in his time, right? But he based on the things he wrote, it would not be something that your average, I think, person would go out and buy books for. You know what I mean? Like, you read it in the paper, it would be one of those. Oh man, this is creepy. But then. Is that that's it? You know, one time, um, and then throw it out. Which I think now, of course, looking back, he's become so like critically lauded because of what his impact has been. You know, and of course, it's so many years later. We're almost what he's been, he's been dead for a long time. Um, just the impact is so much more substantial in in the future. You know, it's just like looking at any um, famous artist from that time. I'm sure yeah. in his life, Van Gogh was not considered one of the greatest painters of all time. It took, you know, him passing and someone to 
really appreciate it. And that's kind of the same. So I did, like I said, I do appreciate that. I appreciate what they used. I thought the, the way they did all the, the books was cool. Um, a little sawish, but cool. Uh, I was kind of wondering how they got all that. Like some of the scenes, I'm like, how did you do that? Oh, okay. Like, like the room org one at the very beginning, which let's say it's, it's good. And the murders in the room org is really cool. It's a pre Sherlock Holmes detective. You know, Augustine yeah. Dur Durpin is his character that came out. It kind of inspired Arthur Conan Doyle. So, I mean, that's one of his major, I guess, influences. But that whole scene to me was like, this is cool. But how did that dude have time to go in that room and set that window pin lock? You know what I mean? Like, to me, I'm like, that's a lot of, like, craftsmanship that would go into just murdering a couple people. It was cool for a movie, but like I guess the lot my logical brain was like, "Come on, dog, how? If you live there, maybe, but not like just to show up and murder some folks." Yeah, well, it doesn't go into how he did it, but like you can speculate, but it does that. That was kind of rushed, but I thought it was still yeah a really cool way to start the movie. Oh, it, it looked awesome, and it was dark. Yeah, and like oh, this is crazy, and the, the police guys out there with their little revolvers trying to shoot everybody. Um, it was oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was interesting. Like in some of the setups, I'm like, how much time did you spend building that before you went and killed them? Like the pit and pendulum, that was a giant mechanism. Yeah, it was. To drop it down every time. It's like a whole build. Like where did you go? Like you just have access to all these places? Like, yeah, I man, I just yes, went to this abandoned building and just Bob. giant pendulum that one man could hang by himself. But whatever. I mean, it was cool. It looked great on on TV and I liked it. It looked cool because that dude in half was awesome. Yeah, that was really awesome. Especially who that guy was. I think it's kind of funny. They kind of was throwing a little jab at one of his biggest uh, like combatants in the paper. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure Griswold is who wrote like a fake obituary of Poe where he was really terrible about how horrible he was. It was interesting. Yeah, he... They they had um oh my gosh I, my brain is not working today <laughs> it's like skirt the wheels have stopped turning you need more coffee uh, I've, I've gotten halfway through it it's fine you need more teachers um, don't operate until our coffee's gone yeah it's true whatever it's fine <laughs> but yeah they they were um not enemies but you know. Well, I guess yeah, I just could, like, you should say that. Literary enemies. Yeah, like they broke, you know, barbs at each other. And it was all like, he, he was, they even comment on it whenever, because in the movie when he's killed, they come to him and say, like, you had this issue with it. And he was like, yeah, but it was just in words. You know, it was never. Um, yeah, it wasn't anything. It didn't go for It was more like a rival, you know, like a, a rival. And That's it was the word cool I was to, looking for. To show him <laughs> in there uh, being murdered for being his rival. Yeah, so it's like an early super fan kind of thing, you know, like a like an early post stalker. Yes. Like I love your work so much, I'm gonna kill everyone that doesn't like it, and then kill you yes. at the end for shiggles. Well, that was post fault. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Uh, was that he volunteered to be poison? I yeah, he poison. did. Okay, and he was like, that. man, Mister Poe, I didn't think that you would do this. I'm like, stupid. This is suspect. <laughs> <laughs> all for Emily. Now she gets to live her life without you and be depressed. So good job. Oh, I know. She's like, wow, all her books are about me except for you left about me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, oh, again, no. it's very like the, I don't know. the lady who wrote this name is Shakespeare and it's probably for a reason. That's got a very Romeo and Juliet vibe. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, <sighs> there has to be a love story, I guess. I mean, he was a hopeless romantic for real. I mean, even though he was kind of gross at times. As I mean, let's let's be real. He he was in love with a family member, so there's that. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He is a weirdo, but it's you know it's it was common, and I hate saying that, but it was common for you to marry your cousin. So, which is hey, bro, this is Kentucky. It's still legal to marry your second cousin here. That is gross. I'm just saying. Stop it. Just saying. Huh. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> did you just drink out of a mug? Sorry, I got really distracted. Did you just drink out of a mug that has Starbucks and Heine Brothers stickers on them? 
It's not a real Starbucks sticker. It's a Star Wars oh. sticker. Oh, okay. Because I was like, wow. <laughs> okay, yeah. But for everyone who can't see us right now, I took a drink of tea. Sorry. And my mug has, if you live in the Louisville area, we have a coffee shop called Honey Brothers. But I just cut up the sticker because it says drink Honey Brothers coffee, but I just cut drink coffee and put that on my, my Yeti cup. And then I have a Star Wars sticker that looks like Starbucks. So it says Star Wars coffee. Okay, now that I'm like hurting, I heard a cat at this point, so that's okay. Yeah, you are. Way to go. Get us off top. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go, folks. A little insight to what my, this looks like to me. <laughs> All right, so let's grade it and go on to the book okay. this week because, yeah, it's not good for me. There's I mean, not much more I can say about it other than what I just said. So there's that. Yeah. It's good, not great. Um,. So hold yeah, on, man. before you get started, should we tell everybody that we're we're looking into making an actual rubric for these? Yes. Yeah, we can do that. So yeah, guys, going okay. forward, we're kinda of gonna sit down and come up with a, a true rubric that we can share, like any like any good assignment. It's gonna be a rubric of what we expect or what we want um from the films. Um so yeah, that'll be coming soon, hopefully. And then we can actually have a reasoning other than you guys thinking we're just off the cuff throwing let grades out. Which is kind of what yeah. teachers do sometimes, but you know, whatever. <laughs> like, hey, I don't want to read I'm all an this. English it teacher. Like I always use the rubric. <laughs> well, I teach science, kidding. so it's like, oh, did you? Okay, you attempted this lab. Cool dog. Here's your. Grade. I'm just joking. I don't always use a rubric. I only use one on mastery assignments. So there's that. Yeah, hopefully our bosses don't listen to this, and we have to have a meeting on Monday. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I always use rubrics. It's my favorite. Um. But yeah. <laughs> well, let's be real. They'd probably laugh at both of us. So there's that. I hope so. Thanks. I hope they would laugh and not call me into a closed door meeting. <laughs> That's never good. You were the worst teacher ever. You're still terrible. How dare you not use a rubric? Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. I teach special ed kids chemistry. Got my face. <laughs> whatever. Which is very admirable, but whatever. I I, you're an English teacher. It means you got to read all the stuff they write all the time. I think you are. Yeah, really it's, admiration. it's excruciating sometimes. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I could not imagine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, like, I was, I'm trying to keep my in mind when, with my grades how we graded their two movies. Because we gave Smile kind of a low grade just based on how they wrote the end. So I'm like, mm. I think Smile was an exponentially better film than this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm like, I mean, this is like high D, low I, C for me. I was going to say a low C, but I think I'm, I'm more of a high D area too. I wouldn't give it a low D because I feel like they did a really good job at paying homage to all his short stories. I really liked that. So, yeah, so what if we're and I loved Carl and I think Carl gets some bonus points. So <laughs> Carl was funny. <laughs> Um, so if we're doing like a standards based grading, so just out of 10, we'll give this thing like what? Like a, a 69. <laughs> You're yeah. just, just on the cusp of C. Yes. So, you know, we only give D pluses, but we can put D plus down just so you have an idea that we're kind of a little bonus, but not great. Cause like no. I said, we talked before Are... about the score and the score in this is just meh. No, I, and I wasn't even going to mention it because I don't really remember it much. And oh, to exactly. me, if, if I don't remember it, then it's not good. Well, that's what I'm saying. The score for us, because we talk like seeing such an important character in horror films will have to definitely be on the rubric. So for this one, it would get no points. Yeah, absolutely. Because it didn't stand out. I don't remember it. It didn't really bring anything or take away anything. It was just there. Um, it wasn't even that atmospheric. I don't think it was great. Um, the acting... Like I said, fell flat. It was a little tone deaf in some areas. I still feel mm -hmm. like Alice Eve's character could have been anybody else. It could have been one of the detective's friends. It could have been Poe's publisher. There was nothing. Like, yeah, I mean, they, they threw in that love scene, but it, or that love arc, but it felt very forced in this, nah, to me. I wasn't the biggest Yeah, so biggest honestly, Carl saved the film and, and <laughs> put it at a 69. So, because if Carl wasn't there, I would have given it like a sixty-five. So, much thanks to Raccoon, right? Points. Yeah, Raccoons make everything better. Yes, because they're hilarious little trash pandas. Yeah, little, little garbage pandas. 
But not yet. So yeah, D plus on The Raven, starring John Cusack and Luke Evans, because he was a better part of the movie than John Cusack. And he's beautiful. Something like that. Hey, I think he is. It's fine. Most people do. He is. And he's a good actor. He really is. I think he, John- he is. A good, I like him in Dracula Untold, though. That's a, yeah, another episode. Yeah. yeah, I love him in pretty much anything. He's, he's good in yeah. everything he's been in. So, yeah, moving on to Mrs. Hill's Spoopy Booknik. Spoopy Booknik. Of course. I thought my cat would turn around and look at me, but he's <laughs> he's uh, he's passed out. <laughs> your, your black cat. My black key cat. He's the ring key cat. All right. So what's on the book nook this week? The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. And the only reason I chose The Raven is because, obviously, the title of the movie. Because I could have literally picked any of these short stories. But I thought that the, the slow descent into madness was a good way to go. I agree. Plus, like, I think so, a lot of these other short stories could be used in the future on different episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, there's literally a m- movie called The Mask of the Red Death. Taylor Hart is using a bunch of stuff. So there's a lot of, yeah. you know, touching on it later. Yes, we can most definitely cover those later. So, just to kind of start, um, it would take me forever to read this, so I'm not even going to try to read all of this to anybody. But I just finished actually teaching this in class and the kids were like i was trying to like prep them to read something harder um for january because there's a really hard assignment coming later but um i also wanted to use it during halloween time so i'm that typical english teacher it's fine they gotta be exposed to it sometime right yeah but at the same time like they've read it or they've listened to it but they didn't understand it and i i feel like they made it harder than it needed to be because really the whole premise of it is him losing the love of his life. Cause it says it in the very beginning and him sitting alone with his thoughts, can't sleep. He's starting to hear things. And then it's just like a slow descent into madness as he's talking to the Raven. And I think that's just a really good way to tie it in with Poe because that's, that's his whole life. He loses somebody he cares about, and then he goes crazy, and he he, he just a slow descent into madness until until he's gone, um, which is kind of sad. But I love this poem. I think this poem, like the older I get, the better it is. So like I, when I teach it, I, I think the kids love it more because I love it. So. Yeah, that's anything we teach. If they know you care about it, yeah. at least, especially if they like you. If kids like you and they know you care about something, they will. You will find some, not all of them because some will not care no matter what. But you will get the majority. <laughs> they're like, okay, you you like this because you're selling it to them, really, right? And especially mm-hmm. in, in our, our modern time where everything is coming to them via their phone. Everything is abbreviated or like um, like text type speech. Like it's all. Short blurbs, right? And to have this, it's not a hard read, but it's a lot. Well, it's not a lot, but the the verbiage and how it's given is a lot. So I think a lot of kids are like, no. Well, yeah, because there's one stanza in particular, and I read it to them. They're like, what? And I go, in a nutshell, he just says the raven flies in, doesn't say hello, and doesn't introduce itself. And it just perches on top of his his chamber door done and they're like that's what it says and so that's exactly what it says and oh, it's like, like a oh. really long way of saying a couple things e- yeah this so, showed up. i like the setting of this i think it's it make he he does a really good job with imagery and anything he writes and it puts me in the place of where he's sitting so like i i know that it's cold. I know that the fire's going. I know he's sitting in a chamber alone and he's reading. He's falling asleep. I just, I love it. I don't know what your thoughts are on how much you love it or not. But um, I, I mean, it. it's obviously, it, I'd say it's easy to say it's his most popular piece. I mean, it's it's what made him a household name in the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you, some research on it shows that this is what turned him into a kind of a national celebrity because they began to associate the Raven with him. He, so we even called him that. Um, so it was, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I like it. Uh, it doesn't hurt the fact that it's one of the, one of the versions I read was like read by Vincent Price, which was really cool. Oh my gosh. I love it. I showed them that too. Cause it, it's a good representation of him acting out the poem. And so it makes know, more sense to you. So I was talking to my son about it. I was listening to it on the way to drop, take him to school the other day, just to kind of remind myself of it. Cause there's a, a horror babble on Spotify's in their podcast and they had where they read this kind of stuff. And uh, there was a, was a lady reading it, but she was doing a really good job. Just a cool accent. Um, and we were reading it and I asked him, have you ever heard this before? And he was like, yeah, on the Simpsons because Maggie oh, yeah. reads it and Bart's the Raven. And I was like, we should like bring that into the classroom. And here guys, let's watch the Simpsons episode of the Raven. Um, and, but my I son, he, he recognized it. Yeah. He recognized it because of the Simpsons. Which I thought it was kind of interesting. And he's like 11. So he was like, yeah, I know this. It was on the Simpsons. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You know? No. So it has You've like never a, seen it. It's so funny. I'm sure I saw it when it probably came out, but I haven't watched it since yeah. years, you know, so, but my kids watch it. So I guess it's has that lasting effect, but it's, um, it's noticeable. It's memorable. You know, when you hear it, you know what it's from just like how it's, mm -hmm. it's done, you know, with the gently wrapping came a tapping, like all that stuff, it comes in and you're like, okay, yeah, that's, that, that's the Raven. You can hear like one stanza and you'll know what it's from typically just because of how it's written. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's because there's a lot of repetition with the with the Raven, with him talking to him. Oh yeah, and I like that. Go ahead. It's very much about being depressed and sad and falling into just complete and utter, like true sorrow. Yes, and and I asked my students when I taught them this recently. I was like, "What does the Raven represent?" And I got so many different answers and they were really good answers too. I was like, dang, y'all are, are really thinking about this. But like, that's good. I had a, I had a couple of kids that were like, I think this is her soul that comes back. Cause he's talking about Lenore. And I thought that was a cool twist. Then they were able to like, give me cited evidence. They're like, well, I think it's her because he's talking about how, like when he opens the door and it's, he's peering into darkness and he hears the name Lenore and then, and then all of a sudden there's a rapping or a tapping at the, at the window and he opens the window and in, walk, in comes the bird. And they're like, it's probably her. I'm like, okay, I'll, t I'll accept that answer because they were able to kind of like, cause I like to teach lenses. Like they, they read through different lenses and whatnot and everybody does. So like you can get something different from a poem than the next person. So like you might read it and find the, the Raven being something completely different than I thought. So like I had another one saying like, it's like, He's kind of peering into the soul of himself at like a mirror where he's like, he's asking questions of the Raven knowing what the answer is going to be back. Cause he just keeps saying nevermore. So like he specifically asked questions knowing what the answer will be. So I thought that was cool. And then the other one was like, they, they thought it was death. I was like, cool. I was like, okay, well let's play a little bit on that. Like why you think that? And they're like, well, because he dies at the end or it's alluded to the fact that he dies at the end. I don't know if like he lays down and just gives up or if he's just, or if he actually dies because it talks about his soul coming up off the floor um, and that kind of thing. So like they did a really good job at figuring out who they thought the Raven was and what it represented. So I was really excited about that, but like it got me more amped up to talk about it because I was like, man, they did so good. <laughs> I was, really, I was like a proud mom. Yeah. But, um, that sounds, and that is cool. Like, you know, I think, yeah, us knowing or being able to connect the language and meanings of words at the time helps you to better understand it. But for them to have no real, um, connection to that kind of thinking, I think it's cool to have to them take like their modern idea of what these words mean to us now and say, oh, this is what I think it is. You're not realizing like certain things were used to, to talk about like saying soul would be at the time, like maybe just talking about a person, not necessarily his soul, which I think is cool. You know, kind of like how we say there's like 230 souls on an airplane or something. They just mean people, you know what I mean? So it was, yeah, but there's a lot of different cool uh, connections that I think kids make. And it's, it's interesting because I think 
some teachers go into things like this thinking it's going to be terrible because the kids are not going to understand it. But the fact that you had yeah. some that come in and say, oh, I think it's this. And to have their own views on it, I think is pretty cool. Like, that would be awesome. Like, I would like to do this with a class. But like the ones I have now would just look at me and say, no, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you speaking the right language? Because I don't yeah. think so. What did you just say? Um, and some but, of them were having a hard time with it. But I mean, essentially, if I read it to them, I think they understood it more because I accentuated different parts differently. And that way they could understand it. So I usually like to read it. Um, but I think that this was probably the best option to compare to the film because of the content of it. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. It starts like, yeah. cause it's, there's no high note in this, in, in this, in this narrative poem. There's no high note. He starts off depressed. Yeah. And I think the movie is similar where he starts off. You see him coming in like, I'm about to get paid, but he's just trying to get a drink, you know? And he's like this angry, just kind of, looked upon like a, a burden kind of person. Um, yeah. And it's very similar. Well, he here. is. Well, yeah, he's just a drunk with no money. Apparently yeah, he's exactly. violent. So, <laughs> but yeah, I like, I mean, there's a lot of it I think is good. I think um, it's extremely influential. Like, again, he's this kind of, um, I mentioned it earlier, but these kind of descents and from depression into madness or just the path he takes is, I think was so, uh, influential on H.P. Lovecraft because that's every story he's ever written is about like a legit descent into madness. But like, and even though and we'll talk about that guy later, but even though he's got so many like horrible things to bring up, these two really <laughs> are, I would say between Poe and, and Lovecraft, they're widely responsible for the majority of the horror genre. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like 100%. Like especially this, this is like ghosts, this is like dealing with death, which is really every person's biggest fear. Even some dudes will be like, I'm scared to die. Yeah, you are. No one wants to die. You know, and, and these, no one these, wants to lose someone that they really love. So, no, and that's, yeah. that's terrifying I mean, that's the, in itself. That's the thing humans have feared since the dawn of, of time. Like, why do we fear the dark? Because we're worried about what's in the dark that can harm us. You know what I mean? So no one wants to be harmed or to hurt or to die or to lose loved ones. And I think he captured that very well. Um, especially in this, because you hear him, like you said, he's, this is, a, to me, about that level of depression where nothing can bring you out of it. You know what I mean? Like, you've re he's gone so low, like, he's set by himself just wallowing in this sorrow and sadness for so long that he's reached a point where that that's just it. You know what I mean? Like, you hear about people who um, mourn themselves to death. You know, like, yes. old couples. And I think at the end of this, mm -hmm from that interpretation is very much where he is, you know, like this last line where he talks about, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. So it's, you could definitely take that as he died or that he will never not hurt for the lost Lenore. You know what I mean? So it's. Yeah. And there's a, one of the stanzas he's like explaining that, he and he's it's like he's enjoying the company of the raven but he's scared that the raven's gonna leave so he says till i scarcely more than muttered other friends have flown before one the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before then the bird said nevermore so it's like he's like you're still gonna leave me yeah in the end everybody does and he's like and the bird's like nevermore but like he but in his mind he's like oh no everybody does yeah and that that's the fear in this whole thing is he's gonna be left alone and he's gonna die alone and that's where kind of where poe was yeah. he was gonna die alone and that's what happened yeah. which is really sad it is and i definitely that definitely lends like the student that thought this was death i think that really lends like he's come to come to get him like you're never gonna be alone again because you're going with me yeah exactly you know i don't know it was cool you see this in so many things, man. Like I've known, like there's a comic called Lenore and you see so many people who are so directly inspired by this particular poem. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's reach as far. Um, so yeah, yeah it's it a good choice. I think for this week, even though there's not a lot of the Raven in this film, I think he says nevermore one time, like he whispers it kind of under his yeah. breath. 
And there's some images well, where the they kind of focus he, on ravens. Yeah, in the beginning, he's like when he's trying to get a beer at the pub, and they're like, yeah. he's like, he's like, you know, it'll pay for my drink if anybody can finish this line. And he he said, "Quote the Raven." He's waiting for people to say yeah. it, and they won't. And then finally, some guy's like, "Nevermore," and he's like, "See," but yeah, I think that <laughs> there is a Raven. I think that flies in at the end. Yeah, it was like a kind of they just alluded to it. it was, I think just to kind of have that connection. Yeah, it was just a connection. But at this, yeah. essentially, the only reason I picked it was because of the title and the and the descent into madness. Because he he definitely was going crazy throughout the film you could literally tell yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. losing his mind but i thought this was a good choice but as i could have picked annabelle lee but i didn't think that that one was enough to warrant going over and at that one he yeah. didn't know he doesn't really lose emily at the end so i could i didn't feel the need to to add that one in yeah, he doesn't yeah. lose the character in this one either, though. He loses himself, so I guess he could have. But And I, like I said, I love Annabelle Lee, but again, it's I feel like they only used it in here to justify the girl. which Oh, absolutely. Because it was a love poem. Yeah. Even yeah. though that's not... A, I mean, it is, but yeah, it's like I don't know if I would... Here's the thing. If Johnny came home and handed me that poem and was like, I wrote this for you, I'd be like, bitch, this is about her dying. Like, what... <laughs> This is not a love poem. This is depressing. Like, why are so you are sad you, about loving me? Why are you sad about loving me and me dying? That doesn't even make sense. I would have been upset. And she's like, oh, my God, I love this so much. I'm like, why do you love that? That's so weird. But whatever. That's just that's my soapbox on that one. Because I was like, I ain't using that one. Because I would be offended. <laughs> you wrote about my death. I am not dead yet, you fool. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I think we yeah, have some of the stuff is like, I guess you could take on as like really sweet. Like the line where he says about our love that was stronger than by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we, and neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful animal lady. That's pretty sweet. I just mumbled all that, it, so I apologize. It is, but then it also goes on to say, and then they were so jealous of us, they took you from me. Maybe. Maybe that's his reason. Like, she loved me, and they were jealous. Like, he was just a sad person. Like, Poe was just, like, a super depressed person. I mean, person he was most definitely a sad person. Who had some skill with with a with a quill. <laughs> he wrote mm-hmm. some nice things. Um, and, again, don't hate me, but, yeah, I love it. It was good. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. Oh, I love, for anything, I love I most of the stuff he's written, but that I just thought the Raven fit better. Yeah. And as, as long as you approach all of his work, knowing what it is, like you're not going for like mm-hmm. a literary yeah, masterpiece or nothing crazy. You're going for like dark, dreary, sad, macabre kind of stuff, but it's I'm, good. <laughs> so it, it works out. Like, you know, you're not reading Pride and Prejudice. And it's easier to read. It's not, it's not, most of his stuff is not once you've read a couple pieces you get the hang of like how he writes so it's not as hard to read and i try to tell the students that when i teach it i'm like look if we can get through the raven you can pretty much read anything else that he's written because his stuff is fairly easy yeah and i I appreciate that he doesn't use flowery speech either like i guess because the 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 themes it's not really flowery like uh words that are not still used today you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like having students read Shakespeare is hard because they don't understand oh, half of what's going on. But like most of this stuff, I mean, there's some period words that you have to explain to the kids, but the gist of this, you understand from reading it because it's words that we, they still kind of use in context. They're not strange words we haven't used since that time period. Mm-hmm. So I think kids are able to kind of connect, which I think is good. And there's also Google. Yeah. Look yeah. it up. You I don't know, get it. Look it up. Kids are bad about doing that. I mean, no students want to look up things they don't know unless they're trying to argue so, with you. Well, and then they don't do a good job looking stuff up. So there's that. <laughs> no, they go to the first thing they click on. I'm like, what? It's nonsense. Wikipedia is not always the best source. So fight me on it. <laughs> That's what I tell kids all the time. I can edit Wikipedia, guys. That's what <laughs> I said. <laughs> I had like, nah. people kind of argue with me about that one time. I was like, no, nah, look. 
use the sources that they use at the bottom and then check those out. But don't use Wikipedia as a a legit source. Yeah, I'll let kids use it for the body of something, but you need to have an actual source as well. Like you can get a lot of information with Wikipedia, like Well yeah, you can, but, yeah, but you can't. is it always gonna be No. Exactly what it you need to be? No, absolutely not. That's why yeah. I tell them to use the sources at the bottom. Because yeah, there's I, a ton at the bottom of each Wiki, page. Wikipedia's gotten better about catching when people edit things, but when I was younger, yeah. you'd go in there and talk about how Edgar Allan Poe was an alien, and no one would catch it for weeks, and then they'd be, oh, crap, what? <laughs> you know, and yeah, it's just, I know, they do a good it. job at, at that now, but... So I wonder if, we're, again, it's one of those things we're basing in our own experience. Maybe it is better now, that when, but when we were in high school, like in that time when it first came out, it was like, this is nonsense. Wikipedia was kind of um, like I was saving my my portfolio at, in high school my senior year on a floppy disk, so I don't think I was using Wikipedia. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just saying. I I found that floppy disk a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is my senior portfolio. It's hilarious." But I can't put it in anything because I don't have anything to put it in. Uh, you can download external. We probably have external ones at work. You can probably find one somewhere. In there. Oh well, I threw it away, so I should have kept it as a relic. <laughs> yeah, you should have. <laughs> framed it. So, Senior portfolio. I worked really hard on that. That's a hilarious little art piece. What is this? That is my portfolio from senior high school. That's my but, senior portfolio. It's, it was saved on a floppy disk. And then one day, when you were like a famous writer, they could be like, "And this was Miss Hill's original portfolio on a floppy disk. This old media." <laughs> yeah, and it was. Stupid, so don't read it. Yeah, don't read any of this. It's terrible. Dude, please don't. Please don't read this. I've probably wasted a lot of my time on this. No way. You're probably killing it. Alright, well, we've talked about the movie. We talked about the good poem, narrative poem. And we, what was it you corrected me on there today when I called it a poem? What'd you call it? You yelled at me while English teacher on me. What? No, you called it a short story. I did, right? You were like, it's a nerd poem, girl. I was like, sorry. It's a, well, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's a I, poem. It's a, it's a, it could be a, a, a story in verse, though, because that's kind of what it is. Yeah, see? So, whatever. There you go. Anyway, sounds like that's the bell, so we're going to wrap it up. So, yeah, guys, our grade of the film, D+. Plus. Maybe if Only because of Carl. extra credit, you could see Carl, Carl, Carl brought it up. Carl brought it up. Um, of course, <laughs> if you've never read The Rave of Edgar Allan Poe, we highly recommend that you do it. What are um, you doing with your life? Yeah, go if you check don't it want out. to read it. Actually, go to YouTube's. Yeah, go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube's. Uh, Lisa Simpson reads it, which is pretty cool. And then, of course, <laughs> Vincent Price reads it. Um, there's a lot of podcasts so on Spotify. As you know, While you're listening to our episode, jump over and just search for The Rave, and I'm sure someone's reading it. And yeah. So check us out there, Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We got an Instagram page that's blowing up. Leave us comments. Leave us reviews. Let us know how you think about the episode, guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye.